0: Passing Dimes is proud to welcome a new partner to the show, Momentum Pro Camps. Momentum Pro Camps runs volleyball camps across Ontario, bringing professional athletes, coaches, and resources to communities, clubs, and partners. Momentum's mission is to inspire and develop high performers for life, and they're doing just that. Unfortunately, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, Momentum has suspended all programming until permitted by local public health recommendations. However, they have developed incredible future programming for athletes to benefit from and are excited to share it with all of you when we can play again. Follow us on social media at Momentum Pro Camps for updates and details on future programs or email us at contact at MomentumProCamps.com. Stay excellent, friends.
1: Okay, everyone, welcome back to Sharp Cuts. It's me, Garrett May, with Josh Nickel. We're here to talk about all things volleyball. If you're here for the volleyball, which we are, I mean, you came to the right place. Am I right, Josh?
2: Definitely right. And Garrett, for the record, I'm not sure I missed you, but I definitely missed us. We took a couple weeks off there. We're back. Hopefully our loyal audience is reengaged and ready to go again.
1: Wait, you you didn't miss me? Like, that's incredibly upsetting. Like,
2: what the heck, dude? I I think our power is you and I together. It's not individual. I think it's the sum of the parts. Okay, well, you like being with me, but you don't like me. I get it. It's fine. It's fine.
1: (laughs) So we're back. Yeah, we took a couple weeks off. Thanks for joining us and listening along. Uh, We do it for you. Um, Now, what are we talking about, Josh? Because, you know, as you all know, I'm incredibly unprepared for really everything I step into. We have no guests today. I don't know who to blame that on you or me. But uh, I mean, I'll blame it on you just because you didn't say you missed me. But uh, what are we covering today?
2: I think it's definitely on me. Uh, full disclosure, I messaged somebody around five o'clock to ask them to be on the show, and they they didn't respond in time. So that that's on me. That's just bad booking. But uh, I think where to start, Garrett. I think we we built it up, we fired it up. It, it didn't happen. We didn't get to host a Canada versus Canada match oh, yeah. at your dad's new court. We didn't get to host it at uh, Dead Man's Beach in Ottawa, the friend of the show. Like I think. Did you watch the game? It was heartbreaking. I, I So much love and support for those guys, but uh, y- you leave it to a golden set, and man, anything can happen, right?
1: Okay, well, let's recap it, because I think I need a little bit of a recap, too. Let's uh, let's see if I get it right. Canadian men going down to Mexico. Norseka Continental qualify for a spot in the Olympic frickin' Games. I mean, two Canadian women's teams already in. Men looking to book one spot. Two teams. We make it to the final against Mexico. Home turf. I mean... That's an advantage. And we got Sam and Sam taking on Mexico. I forget their names. Um, And they ended up losing the first game. Do I have that right?
2: Correct. We were, we were up big in the first set and then Rubio and Gaxiola got going that Mexican crowd. I think you've played in Mexico before Garrett. They are passionate and when they get rolling, it's a special place and it can be hard for the opposing team. And yeah, Sam and Sam lost two straight after being up, up in the first set and just couldn't close. And Yeah, that that was tough to watch. I mean, that hurts,
1: right? It hurts big time. But so we got Canada, the other Canadian team, Ben and Grant. They go and get a win against the other Mexican team. So we're still alive. I mean, did you watch that match? Because I did not.
2: That one was, was business as usual. I think Grant and Ben really took care of it. Uh, Virgin Ontiveros are a good team. I think anyone who watched Toronto Pan Am in 2015, they, they won. Like, that's a good squad. Um, but, yeah, I think Ben and Grant were, were dialed in, ready to go. And, and just for our listeners to clarify, because, Garrett, you'll, you'll like this. Continental Cup wasn't the same for everybody. So in Oh, wait, Seca, sorry. Uh, I've been telling everybody it's the same in every continent. You're saying I'm completely wrong? so the the thing that is the same is every country enters two teams. but it's it's different in every continent where in Norsica, we had your ones play your ones and your twos play your twos where in Europe they did what I think is like a model that makes more sense is Canada one would have played uh, Mexico two and the the crisscross happens there. And then if there's a tie, you go to the golden set where in Norseka they did the ones versus ones. And then the other thing I thought was interesting where Jake McNeil friend of the show and I disagreed on this in Europe, the CEV, when they go to the, the overtime Garrett, they play a match. And you have to win a golden match, two out of three. Where in Norsica, I think as a fan, I like the one set to fifteen, like, let's get gritty, let like, let's get into it. Where in Europe, they I think they want to get it right. And they it's kinda like the hockey comparison, right? In the regular season we do like three on three, and then a shootout because you want it to be over. Where in the Stanley Cup playoffs, we're playing 20 minute overtimes where the right team's going to win. So I, I don't know where you stand on this as a former player, but in CV in Europe, they played a full match if they needed the tiebreaker.
1: Well, listen, they know what they're doing, and we completely don't. And I'm not afraid to say that. I mean, it, it, we need to figure it out. I mean, golden set to 15. So, like, the context though. So one and one, right? Then you got to warm up to play a set to 15, right? Like, one team wasn't playing. The other team maybe comes off right from playing. The other team wasn't playing, right? Like that that's the only way it could happen.
2: Yeah, and and to build on your point there, the amount of people who message me being like, oh, when's the golden set, thinking they get like a day to recover? I was just like I don't know, five or eight minutes. So you see Ben and Grant sitting in their timeout area cooling down while Rubio's warming up again because he just played a full match, sat a full match, and now he's got to gear up again for the Olympics. Uh, it's the, I, I gotta say, now that
1: it's passed, it's the dumbest thing. Like, are you kidding me? I mean, it's maybe bitter Canadian that, well, I mean, we didn't we didn't get the berth. Maybe it's, I'm bitter, but like, how, I got, now that we you bring that up, I didn't think about it. How dumb is that? Ben and Grant are sitting there having just played this team's full warming up. Like, Hey, we've been sitting for an hour. Like, let's go. Whereas if you're going to play a full match, it kind of evens out over the time, even a full set. Like you're coming right out to play one set to 15. It's a short set. Like now I am surprised that Ben and Grant, who was the team who just played kind of went down early, right? Like they should have been a little bit more ready. the
2: Other way around. They oh. went up big, and I think Ben hit a ball out of bounds, like barely out of bounds. Like, I, I thought he tagged it. The ref called it out. It was definitely out on the replay. But that would have made it 4-0, and it made it 3-1. I think they had they were maybe up 5-1 or 4-2 at one point. Like They came out early, and then uh, oh Rubio Gaxiola got rolling. The crowd got behind them, and it turned into a heck of a match. But out of the gates, because Ben and Grant, again, were fresh – they took advantage on that first side change. I think it was we side change at four one, and by the time we side changed again, it was five all.
1: No, okay, so absolutely, that's what happened. Is the team who had just played was ready to go, and the other team was not. But then we blew it. Ah, oh, it hurts so much. It's just painful.
2: And and the other layer again, Garrett, with your experience and volleyball knowledge, I want to pick your brain on this because some people are are shrugging this off, and I really feel for these teams. So there's there's countries where shrugging what uh, off Mexico? I, did- no,
1: what? Who's shrugging
2: it? It's the freaking Olympics, bud. No, let's get into this. So. Your federation wins, so you have two teams now, and you got to pick one. There's federations out there that before you win, you know who's going. Like, Australia men declared it. They knew. Australia 2 knows if we win, we're not going to Tokyo. We're a big team. We're supporting these guys. Fine, you know. And Canada and Mexico ended up doing this, too. You play a head-to-head. Winner goes. I really like that format. You win the game, you go. There's other federations that nominated after. And I think that's so heartbreaking to go. You win a CEV with your buddy. Even uh, the Swiss guys, there was a match, Garrett, where you and your partner and me and my partner are playing. But in the golden set, they put you and I together. They're mixing teams they together. They did that. So Swiss, yes, and it paid off, and they won. Uh, but then the Swiss, I, I think it happened afterwards. You find out and you go, "Hey guys, thanks so much for all you've done for a federation. We're going to the Olympics, Garrett. Congratulations, you're going to Tokyo. Like well, you I mean, just got awarded as well." Thing. But. but but the pick, I think you should play for it. You should always... If we're competitive athletes, you should play for it. Well, I mean, I think I would fall on on that side, too. Like,
1: I think there's probably 95... And I said this on a previous episode. There's, like, 95% of situations where picking the team in that situation it is not is not good. It's just stupid, right? Especially if it's two competitive teams. Like, if they're close in any way, even, you know, forget points. Like, if they're just close, like, you want to send your best team as a federation... If they're not close, though, like, if I'm the Federation, at some level, I don't care what's fair. I want to try to show well at the Olympics, right? Like, you can see how someone might feel that way. It's not fair, but they're just trying to do their best, you know?
2: That's true. And if you leave it up to one match, you're right. You could be sending technically your second country where, you know, the other team has a better chance at the Olympics, which uh, I see it, but I I just feel so heartbroken for these teams that like you win and then you kind of go like, ah, well, I'm going to pick you. And then the other drama thing that I thought was hilarious, uh, Jake McNeil was in quarantine. So he's updating me on like every time some drama happened, which was hilarious. Garrett, as a coach, would you have done this? The Dutch women, uh, they, they have to go to a golden match. But they nominate the team that lost. So this team wins. Uh, your one team wins to force the golden set. But then you go, you know what? We're going back with this team, and they just lost to the same exact team, and then they beat them again in a golden match. Like you're you're a confident guy, and you're Wait, like, they, oh yeah, they won. We just, yeah. So they just lost to this team in three and came back in the golden match to beat them in three. And I'm like, as a coach, how do you logically be okay with that? Being like, "Uh, even though, Garrett, you just lost to this team, we're going to give you another shot. You're going to get it done this time for us. Even though I'm sitting there being like, I just won my match. Pick me. Well,
1: hey, I mean, in some ways, if if you're a country, was that a country who already knew who was going?
2: I'm not sure how the Dutch knew. I think they may have known. Because if that's the case, then it's like,
1: hey, we're picking you anyways. If you win, if somebody wins, it's you. So you go and get the job done. Now it's on you. Like that, that's it. Right. So I get that. But well, if it were me sitting there, I'd pick me too. Like, I don't know. Like, what are you talking about? If I, like, I would pick me, but I don't get that choice. But yeah, I would never do that. Pick it, especially in the one verse two. Like, you know, cause if my two beats the team, the one team, well, they're, they're definitely going to beat the two team or you got to expect, or you got to hope. But if my one, like, loses, I'm like, oh my gosh, what the heck am I doing? Like, what? Why did we even put them I this should, way?
2: I should wrote it down. I forget the exact matchup, but it was definitely the Dutch women that the Netherlands won, lost, and they sent them again to this same exact opponent, and they and they got it done. So, I mean, those are the gambles that you pay off. You look all world, but I was just like, logically, I wouldn't have done that.
1: Yeah, I mean, but I like know, said, I know, you, gotta you, go you all wouldn't in with have. Your spot. I wouldn't have. Absolutely not. I would have been like, get on the plane like now. Like I booked you a flight 30 minutes from now. You don't even get to watch this match because you ain't going. You lost. But I'm a bit harsh that way. The one thing we kind of glazed over a little bit, though, which is kind of gutty, kind of gutless, is a federation knows who they're going to pick if they win the berth but doesn't tell the teams before they go because it makes the team you're not going to pick think they have a chance, right? Like, think if they show well, maybe they'll get picked. But really, you know the whole time. Whereas some federations told the teams, hey, if we win, we're picking this team. At least that way, you can be pissed. But you can say, hey, I'm going to... Maybe I'll go and throw the game because it's not me anyways. Like, I could see that happening too. Like, it's that's a wild situation there.
2: So, the... I think fans should go read for themselves. It's Marco uh, Krattinger from the Swiss team. And I'll just give the teaser here. He says in the caption, it goes on, like he writes a pretty big blurb here, but yesterday we achieved one of the biggest successes for Switzerland in terms of beach volleyball in the last eight years. We qualified for the Olympics. Or didn't we? And then he goes on to explain how he he was a big guy, and he he earned a lot of points, and he won a lot of matches, but he's not going to Tokyo. So I just feel for these guys because... Garrett, you've been on tour. You, you represent Canada, but you don't because you're playing against other Canadians. You're fighting for carding. You're fighting for sponsors, all this stuff. And then this Continental Cup comes along and it forces you to be a big team. But then at the end of this experience, you're separated again and only one of you can go. So it's kind of like it shows how unique our sport is that you're, you're always fighting for yourself. And then you kind of have the illusion that we're a national federation. But then again, it's like, I, I got to get mine first.
1: Yeah. Did that guy like is federation just picked like the swiss swiss federation just picked the other team
2: yeah, Gerson, Heidrich, they were higher ranked. And when the Olympic window started this year after COVID, like they were in the Olympics. Like they were always flirting to be a top 16 team. Anyways, like they're a very good team. But but Krodinger, he he did it. And he was actually, he got mixed with Gerson to go win a golden set for his federation. So like they trusted him over Heidrich to get it done in a That's moment. That's a complete
1: like, dumbass move in my opinion. I can't, I can't believe they still won. To switch up partners, what are you thinking? I'm I'm I mean, I'm glad it didn't blow up in their face, but also I'm kind of... Pissed that didn't blow up their face. You, they go. One team wins. One team loses. Well, actually, we're just gonna flip the partners. Like what? What are you? What are you talking about? And then we're gonna pick one of you and not like that's so incredibly stupid in my opinion. Like so, hey, if you're a Swiss Federation fan out there, I mean, apologies, but not really. Like tell your federation to give its head a shake. Not that ours is any better, Josh. No, oh sorry, that a subtle, subtle shot at you? Um, yeah, man, that's it's just so tense.
2: Situations there, like oh my, oh like just my. the just of Marco's message, and I and I definitely encourage people to go read. it is he just talked about like he feels like with the effort and how he delivered, like he totally deserves to be an Olympian, but he doesn't get that opportunity. So it's kind of like a flaw with the qualification process and with this federation that like he won important matches for his team and he doesn't get to go because of of the choose him right. So it's uh, I think it's a fair argument. Where when I told other athletes, like some of our athletes in the program, I was like, man, I really feel for Katinger, and they go. No, he knew what he was signing up for. Like, they had no sympathy for him. I was kind of like, I'm completely gutted for this guy, where some other guys are just like, no, you know what you're signing up for. Yeah, no. like, Whoever like human said that here. can go
1: suck a lemon. Like, figure figure <laughs> your your stuff out, whoever's saying, oh, yeah, he knew what he signed up for. He went and earned that. Did they know beforehand who was going?
2: I have a feeling they didn't, based on this heartfelt like thing that he posted. I have a feeling they didn't, but they for sure did not play for it. They did a straight nomination. Yeah, like
1: that's that's absolutely gutless by the federation, and I'm not afraid to say it. Like I know you maybe got to hold your tongue, but I, I like y- the guy. You split the teams up, Josh, to put one guy with another guy, and you're not gonna have them play it out to see who goes. They both earned it. Like you can't argue that. You could argue a team who wins their game, the other team loses, and then they go and win the golden set. Hey, we earned it. They didn't. You could argue that. In this case, there's no argument. Like, he was a participant in earning that frickin' berth. Like, if you were going to do that, don't mix up the teams. Do what that other federation did and say, hey, you're going? Go earn it.
2: For sure, because so I think that this magnifies that federations don't have depth because there were a few federations, again, looking at the CEV because there's so many good teams there. Uh, Latvia, because talks are already in the Olympics, Smedens and Smolovs would win and they'd have to win their tight game. Latvia 3 at this time is not that strong. They for sure were losing. And then Smolovs and Smetens for Latvia to advance always had to win a gold match, win a gold match, win a gold match. And the Polish women did this. Uh, the Belgium guys are really good, but Belgium 2 is not that good. So I kind of feel for some federations that don't have depth that, like, Garrett, you're going to a tournament, you're trying to get a spot for the Olympics, and you're going to have to win two matches today every single time to advance, right? Like, that's really tough.
1: Yeah, and I guess it kind of brings up the point of, like, what's the FIVB trying to doing with those continental births, right? Like, why are they doing that? I mean, I think it's a tool to grow the game, but I think probably the flaw, what you see is, you end up seeing these teams who are in the hunt anyways. All these teams were in the hunt, right? Going and earning the births. So it's not like we're getting, you know, new teams. I mean, you're giving new teams a chance, for sure. Like, you have a shot at the Olympics. You can say, hey, we gave every country a shot at a berth,
2: right? Because you did. I mean,
1: there is a qualifier yeah, well, for those continental qualifiers. Of,
2: um, I think, with the exception of Africa, I think every continental zone, because like we would have had American teams in from Norseka. uh South America got like Chile and Brazil, and on the men's side, obviously Brazil and probably another federation on the women's side. Europe's obviously populated, and then like with Australia and with Asia, there's always going to be a, a Chinese team or Australia or, or Japan's hosting. So if we can figure out a way to make Africa p- competitive, but you're right. Like I feel for the Latvians because. They missed out on a a front door entry by 20 points, and then they got to go to their CEV, and they got to make sure you take care of business, watch your other team lose, and then load up for that golden match every single time.
1: Yeah, so, like, I'm okay with that federation saying, if you win, you're going. Like For sure. I'm okay with that, right? Because this team's trash. Like, you got to go win a golden set. Maybe they're not even eligible to go to the Olympics. Didn't play enough tournaments or whatever. Like, that's totally possible, too, right? In that case... But, oh, man, like, it, it kind of doesn't make sense in some ways, like, why you would put two teams earn the berth. Like, it's kind of arbitrary. One team is that team goes and wins and earns the berth for themselves. Two teams, like, well, why not three? Why not put four teams and go, like, full Davis Cup style? Let's play everybody in Canada. Let's play the entire national team against all the national teams. Like, what's the, I mean,
2: where's where where are you going to end it? NCAA does five in their dual system. Like that would force a federation like us to really get deep because now we got to win like three out of five matches. Like that's oh. can you imagine Canada oh, five? Yeah. Winning the you know would be coming set? back. This
1: guy, oh yeah, you'd be like Garrett. <laughs> hey, we need a fifth team. We're shorthanded. Can you put one together? I'd be like absolutely, but only if you guarantee me the berth. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, that can would you never get it happen. done we need you to beat guatemala five for us garrett can you get it done no it's in i'm in tough
1: man that's absolutely too much to ask for i mean guatemala five they hey they might be as washed up as i am which is pretty washed up
2: and just uh while i'm on my high horse here i will make one comment are you but, on your uh, high I horse if i mean i, I... If, if this was covid related or garrett you've actually been to north because i only ever been to a north sea when it was in north bay and that was first class i've never actually had to travel never to been. one or go to one but not to, like, a uh, Central American oh, or but what, I'm, what I was going to say is um, the draw was set up that it could have held 12 teams, but the only six showed up. And I was talking to some of the players. There was a, a pretty heavy entry fee, and then obviously some federations, like... Uh, Pick one out of a hat like i think belize is beautiful and i would go back there in a second but their men's team was not going to win an olympic burst so they didn't even bother going so i thought it was an interesting observation that an olympic qualifier for beach volleyball it could have housed 12 teams only six participated in and then one team from nicaragua ended up getting covid so we only played one match straight up against them and when sam and sam won that was the duel so it was just like really weird to see uh, a continental championship not taken as seriously by some other federations. It was just kind of disheartening to see where the state of our sport is in some other countries.
1: Well, part of that though too, Josh, would be that maybe those federations don't even have any teams who are Olympic eligible.
0: That
2: possible? Yeah, for sure. That's like a good if, point. If I don't have a team who event. played,
1: what do you need? Twelve FIVBs or something? Yeah. Yeah. So like, there's some countries who didn't have any teams play any FIVBs, right? Or they send a variety of teams to the Norseka tournaments, so they only get maybe four or five in a season, right? There's not enough tournaments. So that's maybe why. But if there was a federation who was eligible and didn't go, it'd be like, what are you doing? Like, I mean, just go. Like, you might as well. Maybe,
2: maybe, maybe everybody gets COVID and you get in. (laughs) Or maybe you send some young guys, and this is a 17-year-old's highlight, and maybe in the next cycle they're really good because they had this experience, right? Where uh, I think you're right now that you, you've used some logic and punched me in the mind there. Like Cuba on the men, like that was a standout to me being like, they're always competitive. Why are they not here? And as I think about it, for sure their second team would not have been eligible. And their first team, uh, I think with 2020 being canceled, they probably lost a chance to play a lot of events.
1: Yeah. So I mean yeah that's kind of disappointing but I mean that's probably the struggle of us being in in Norseka conference right like Europe would probably not have that problem because they have all their countries who they have a lot more uh, continental events they got FIVBs in their back door they ho- a lot of t- countries host so that's an easy tournament so I mean and plus for us like it, say we host a Norseka, like you got to go freaking far if you live in I don't know if you live in Guatemala to make it to Vancouver say you host it. That's like, that's a journey like where in Europe, you gotta, you could take a train like that. Mm-hmm. That is a, that is a bit of a disadvantage as well. Now I, not as much as the oceanic division. Like if you're in Japan, you got to fly all the way down to Sydney. That ain't an easy trip either. And they, they probably that, do that, that regularly.
2: Sure. Well, every time I go on the CEV website as, as a, as a coach in a national federation, I get frustrated because CEV does everything so well where, they have national tours that they can let other federations play on. Uh, they have an 18U, a 20, and a 22 championship. So, like, young kids are getting, like, big experience over and over again. Like, they, they host the most amount of events. So, seeing what Norsica does and seeing what CEV does, it's just kind of like I could see in the long run why our federation plays less matches, has less meaningful competition, just because our, our continental host just doesn't do as much as the CEV does.
1: Well, Josh, I'm going to plant the bug then. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it back on you, buddy. Hey, why doesn't... Somebody in Canada step up and say we'll host the event because it really is that all that's all it would take, right? You just, you just organize it and you host the
2: event. I guess you would need it sanctioned. I will and go maybe into personal debt. I will go into personal debt to host a, a Norseka 18U championship and Like yeah, I think really I, I does take the heart of a promoter to say it and when speaking to Leonard obviously he was a part of our program now, but was a part of Germany He mentioned because CEV is so organized, it challenges national federations to then invest in the program, right? Because now if there's a 20U World Championship or, excuse me, Continental Championship, you want to do well at that. So now you got to have a youth program and you got to coach these kids up. And then they get a taste for it at 20U. Now they want to go to 21U Worlds. Now they want to go on the World Tour. So it just creates this ripple effect where... Now that I think about it, Gary, like there's no free ads on the show, but I'm wearing my 8x8 uh, t-shirt that Johnny Pickett hooked me up with. Comfortable shirt. Awesome. Definitely recommend it. Maybe 8x8 wants to sponsor Norseka and we can get this going. Maybe a one-star. Maybe a two-star, Gary. Maybe we just have this whole Canadian circuit and we just – because let's be honest, Garrett, if we sandbag this and we just host them at all the indoor facilities in Canada, who's going to come to Toronto in December and play a one star? The whole draw would be Canadian teams and we get all of those points and all of that money. That'd be
1: such an easy win, dude. Like, are you kidding me? Let's host it at the center indoors in winter. Like, I mean, I mean, people will come. Are you allowed to host an event indoors?
2: Uh, the Hague did it. So I don't know what the actual rules, because remember right after New Year's- Let's go, let's go, Josh. So we host one in Toronto, and then we go to Winnipeg, and we host one there, and then we go to Calgary, and we host one there, and then we finish it off in Vancouver. We have a whole circuit. We
1: had the Saxtons on the show. I'm sure they'll be ready to host. Let's go. I mean, are you kidding me? Let's do it, Josh. Indoor circuit, we're taking all the points. I'll be in those tournaments. I'll take an easy ninth. Like, give me those, I don't know, whatever it is, 100 points.
2: I've been to Winnipeg twice, and it's beautiful, but I've been there in the summer. I would like to see what, like, Winnipeg in January looks like. Like, if you're from another country flying to Canada, like, are you going to do that for a one-star? Like, it's it's gutsy to do that, I think.
1: It is it is bold, and it can get down to minus 40 degrees Celsius. So if you run in Fahrenheit, I don't even know what that is. Minus 500, probably. But it's, it's freaking <laughs> cold. But I would love to see it, because whenever we would go to tournaments and it would get, like, kind of cold, you'd see entire Team Brazil with full parkas. Like a full parka and we'd be like in like not quite our shorts and t-shirt but we'd be like in and we'd be like oh we're canadian eh like we can handle the cold, eh
2: bud let's be honest grano gorman was shirtless for sure
1: yeah he, well he would have still been shirtless if it was like minus 12 forget 12 degrees <laughs> minus 12 still flexing out there he'd be like it's golf weather bud and i'd be like i mean yeah it is it absolutely is
2: <laughs> love that guy but anyways garrett that's my quick review of cv that's uh you know, such a rush to see other federations that I, that I root for doing well, but then the heartbreak of seeing some other people not do well, seeing our guys not do well. It was a, it was a big, big grasp of emotions, and I and I really feel for our guys that you know Canada's not going to have a men's team at the Olympics this cycle. It, it hurts. With, uh, I mean, you played with Sam Schachter, you know Grant O'Gorman very well. Those guys worked their tails off, Ben and uh, and and Sam Pedlo, Like all four guys are deserving of it. It just it didn't happen for us, right?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's a tense situation like you got to win a short game. Like it's the you got to do it and I mean we've done it before. So I don't like I, I don't feel super bad like we've done it before. Like Sam and Sam both and Grant, they all went and did that thing before. Um so they knew what they were getting into, right? But I do feel for them in that like you never want to see anyone like fold up you never really want to see anybody kind of give it up. What we all hope for as spectators, and maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but what we all hope for as spectators is to watch an, a great battle and see a champion emerge, right? And I don't, I didn't watch the games, so I don't, I don't necessarily know. But uh, you know, to, it would be a lot easier pill to swallow if, like, we look back and go. Yeah, I mean, that Mexican team that's going, they're champion, man, and they're going to make a big impact when they hit the Olympics type thing. So if that wasn't the case, and, I mean, only only these guys know, only the guys, if you watch, you maybe know. I mean, that just it just hurts, right? Like, I think one of the sets for Sam and Sam was 21-13, um, which, like, that's what I feel bad for is, like, you know, we we were in it. We had a chance, but then that is it. You don't get another shot. You, you know, it's over, which is just – like tear-inducing in some ways, and I'm I'm getting a little emotional. So we sh- maybe should. Uh, who, who was not saying that? Who's saying? Oh no, it's whatever. Like, please tell them you're off, you're off the team.
2: Yeah, I thought it was just a heartless comment. And as I'm listening to you explain that, actually, Ben Saxton did go through this. Like, him and Christian were a big part of winning the bid with uh, Martin and Josh, and then they lose the heartbreaker at home, right? So. All four guys know that experience of going through the Contenola route, and I think uh, yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy on the heart, that's for sure.
1: You know who we do have going to the Olympics, though?
2: Hey! We got a few
1: teams going to the Olympics. I mean, we got the Canadian men indoors, which is exciting. And we got the uh, Canadian women on the beach. I mean, we've talked a lot. We even talked to a few of the future, well, I mean, previous Olympians, but future olympians as well on this show actually we had a we've had 2021 tokyo olympians who now on the show josh we successfully did that tj sanders gets like named to the team show. melissa well we knew she was going when we had her on the show brandy is going to the olympics who else did we have anyone mm.
2: I think that's it for now. And, and I will admit that uh, women sitting will be going to the Paralympics. So, like, Canada's moving in the right direction. I think we, we've had a bunch on Passing Nines podcast. You can go through the archives that, like, Sarah was a great episode. Heather was awesome. We've had some sitting players. So, I think, like, uh, it, it, it's a good community to be a part of that. It's exciting. And, yeah, I think the, the pools are out. And I think the I think there's some drama there, Garrett. I think it's going to be fun. I think uh, Melissa and Sarah are the one seed, but. Man, like the way they drew the pools, I think they weighed the continental winners all the same. So we get the CV one of the Dutch team, who's actually got a win over Melissa and Sarah this year. So it's gonna be, it's not gonna be an easy path, and I, I'm excited to support our teams and, and so see what they can do. Because explain, we're to, we're
1: a metal threat. Yeah, we're a metal threat, man. Explain to me and the viewers, because maybe some of us don't know. So in FIVB tournaments, a lot of third place teams make it out of pool, right? I think maybe. They change it to every third place team, or do a few miss?
2: No. So I I really like this. I don't think it was as popular in your era, but because you were kind of like a double a limb guy in in a lot of the tournaments. But what it's called is a double a limb tournament. Were you in full pool play where like you're in pool four and you play everybody? Yeah. All that gets dragged out and some matches don't matter and there's tiebreakers. So the, the format they've been using the last few years is what's called modified pool play. And I really like this because technically every game you win advances you further in the tournament. So you start off in your pool of four, one place four, two plays three, and then winners play winners. And the winner of that match gets a buy to pre quarter. So again, that win advances you further in the tournament because the the two team technically won one game already, they get out of pool and they're gonna play a three. So you gotta win one game to get out of pool. So a two plays a three in the round of twenty four, okay. if you finish fourth in your pool, Sorry, you're gone. Like, you you played two and you're out. And then we're into the playoff bracket where a two plays three, and then they're playing a, a pool winner who's already waiting. And then you're into pre-quarters, quarters, semis, finals, and away we go. But the the modified pool system makes every game meaningful. And like I said, winning matters. Even though you win that first one and you feel like you're safe, like we're going to get out of this. Well, no, you want to win again, so you get a bye to the next round.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that's a much better system because when I played – it was point ratio for that third place team and two teams got ousted based on point ratio, which was just awful in some tournaments. Um, I, I don't think that ever actually happened to me. I think every time I came third, we made it out of pool, luckily. But it's a it's a random chance, like your point ratio, like who knows? I remember, though, we did have to play uh, Allison and Bruno because our point ratio was point nine, 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 nine. And the team ahead of us was like point nine, 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 nine. And they were like (laughs) just that much ahead of us, uh, in point ratio. It was so close and we were pissed, but, um, so what's it like for the Olympics though? Like, are they doing the modified pool again or do they they play out every game?
2: So, in, in my opinion, the Olympics has not grown with the sport. And the reason I say that is because the modified pool play works fantastic with a draw of 32. It does not work for a 24. Right. So the 24, I believe top two get out, and that would give you 12. But then they round it off to 16. So now you're into lucky losers who then play off for the chance to enter like the round of 16. So it, it's just tough. So it, like it's a, back to the system
1: like, that I played in. They got six yeah. third place teams, two of them make it on, two of them like the other four got to play off to make it into the next round, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're you're a points ratio away because you play your full pool. So you did I win in two or did I lose in three? Like what are my sets? Like it, it becomes too much math for the tiebreaker for my liking. Versus like you're you win, you're in. Like. Let's just do it that way.
1: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that's going to maybe be a little bit wild. Hopefully we don't see any wacky ties or maybe hopefully we do. And what's it like indoors, Josh, you're the information guy. And I just, I feel like every time I come on this show, I feel like I sound like such a complete idiot because I have no idea what's going on, but maybe our viewers are like, some of our viewers are going, yeah, I I don't know what's going on either. Like this is where I get my information.
2: Oh, I hope not. But maybe, maybe (laughs) actually I should trust the listeners and maybe they do because, uh, Sometimes we I don't know do we do we start rumors or do we make stuff up? Sometimes it's news, sometimes it's not. But no, uh, let's start some rumors. Uh, Who cares?
1: What's a rumor we're gonna start? I don't have a good one because that's it's so, not good.
2: I don't. know. Sometimes we just say something that's not fact. But uh, I believe indoor volleyball is uh, two pools of five, and you gotta get out. Or is it more than that now? I'm. Try- Let me look this up, Garrett. I feel like I'm making it up. You know but, what? Even
1: uh, even. But this is the thing. Even watching on the Olympics, like think about previous Olympics when you watch the indoor team, you see them playing a game, and there's no commentary around the status, right? Of like, hey, here's where they're at. You show the pool play, but you're like, what does this even mean? They're fourth. Are they out? Are they're second? Are they? Does that mean they're good? Are they in? Like, how many games have they played? Like, that's always super confusing, especially in pools of five. You play four games, easily can be ties in that, like. That's it, That's a wild system, too.
2: So what I don't like about the system, and, and I can't confirm or deny, but I'm a sucker for a good story. So I am a smoke, guard. It's two pools of six, which is totally fine. But in Rio, the France men actually accused Brazil of throwing some sets that then changed the way the draw and the playoff draw was going to look on the men's side. And obviously, it gets magnified because Brazil won the whole thing in Brazil, and it's just this big zoo. But uh there was a favor somebody needed and they needed this result and and France actually like publicly accused Brazil of like basically setting up this coup that happened right because in a pool of six when you have to play everybody if you mathematically know you're through maybe you don't play your guys and another team needs a favor because they think like oh Brazil should just run the table so they should win the pool but then you give this lower team a win and it passes me so there's a lot that can happen and you don't I think the challenge for a lot of teams is you don't technically control your fate, so then you get upset when somebody plays their twos because they're through, but at the end of the day, it's kind of like... Going back to TJ, when we had him on the show, his goal is to be 100% healthy and ready to go in the quarterfinals, right? That's everybody's goal. Let's be ready to go at playoff time. So do you care if you're all the way through and you're playing your second-to-last pool play match against, like, the worst team to give them a win? But Like, you're not technically giving them a win, but you're playing your twos, right?
1: Well, I feel like you got to, and, like, that's the problem with pools of six. Like, what the heck are we doing? Pools of six? You can easily structure that because there's so many games that you can end up getting situations where... If I throw these two sets, I'll lose the tiebreaker with this team and get a a favorable matchup if I I lose. Or maybe I, you know, whatever, like how the ties work out. Because you can see what's going on on the other side. And some teams get an advantage. If they play after, they can make that decision. Like, that's kind of a wild situation. Even you can do that in pools of four. But even there, you're really only doing favors for other teams. You don't help yourself, right? In a pool of four, if you've won, there's nothing you can do to like lower yourself, that would be beneficial. But in a pool of six being like two or three, doesn't make a huge difference. If you like the third place team on the other side better, or like, if you like that matchup better, you can just take it. If you have the timing set up like that, that absolutely could be a fact.
2: For sure, and, and as I read the format, which I probably should have done before the show, but you know what? We're, we're educating ourselves while educating the listeners here. They, they've actually added that uh, 1 and 4 will stick on the crossover, so A1 will play B4 and so forth and so on, but for the 2s and 3s, they're going to do a draw. What? And on oh, the beach, we've like, okay, seen this I mean, far. all right, all right. So they're yeah. treating a 2 and a 3 like the same, but it adds in that extra fact that like, kind of like, Huh, if we win we're going to play USA if we lose we're going to play Slovenia. I want to play Slovenia so let's lose this yeah, game, yeah. right? Like I'm not saying that I actually is what happens, but it happens. Yeah, yeah We're on but, the beach but, but the we, draw... we've changed that to a draw. Because on the beach right like if you play like on your provincial tour, we were beach crew guys, you can see on the schedule that like uh you know A2 is going to play C3 or whatever like it's locked in. But as you get older and you get more experience, you can memorize that draw or you can start to manipulate it. So on the beach there they're weighing certain rankings and results and doing a draw where it, it changes it so people can't manipulate the draw. But d- to see it done at the Olympics obviously shows that people have manipulated this for the betterment and, and obviously sacrifices some other teams. So they they added the draw for A2 and A3 will be weighed the same as will B2 and B3. So they, there's there's no way to know who you're playing. That But th- see,
1: again, I just get frustrated. Like, that's also dumb too because it lessens the product. Like, if you get in pool yes. play a match that of the two... 2-3 team it doesn't matter they don't care they're going to get a draw anyway like what do you make 2-3 and three worth the same then why even play like what the heck totally <laughs>
2: like, like what what are we doing here
1: volleyball
2: are you, you can finish second in your pool, and let's say like you run the table and you only lose to the team who finished first, so you're, you're looking good, like you're a medal threat, and then you cross over with the two from the other pool all because we had to do a draw so somebody doesn't cheat, and your, your tournament's over. That like, maybe
1: should have been the semi, but now it's your quarter. Yeah. Yeah, like medals
2: are decided on that stuff. Like volleyball,
1: what are we doing here? Like we're blowing it. Now, some other sports, I mean... Could you imagine just a single limb massive one to 64 draw or like a one to just play it out? That would be hectic.
2: Like a March Madness, just like the draw is the draw. And if there's an upset, we just play it through. We're not going to re-rank this. We're not going to do draws. You just, you get what you get.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that would be wild. I don't know if it's maybe what you want at the pinnacle of pinnacle events. The best of the best are going to the Olympics is what it's supposed to be anyways. But two and three don't matter. So, I mean, hey, I've been very critical this episode and i don't know yeah like I, I it might continue i will say though we did predict we did some predictions for the vnl in a, a few episodes ago i came pretty
2: close to 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 uh, not I much think- you and your dad, you went out on a limb. I, I think he did well because he picked the USA women. And, and wow, what what a team. Like even their twos are like world class. Like they they rolled everybody like good job. But he went out on a limb and picked the Dutch guys. And I don't think they really showed up. Uh, were they, we had they, to did they, they actually were the show tournament. up
1: though? Because we weren't sure if they were even going to be in the tournament. They did show up, but they didn't show up. They'd,
2: they did compete. One of their players went absolutely off, and I think he got, like, 40 points in one match. Like, absolutely. Like, everybody in the gym knew he was getting the ball, and he was performing. But it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. And then uh, you you were a bit of a homer, and you picked the Canadian men, and, you know, we just uh, we, we competed well, but uh, didn't make Final Four there.
1: Yeah, I, I really... The the whole thing, I just don't get the whole thing. Indoor, indoor is confusing to me. I played volleyball. Like, but the, the dissonance between what we did as club players and and then when you watch the international, it just it looks so different. Like it's just such a different world. Like these massive pools, like how, like I can't even build rivalries. Cause like some of these games, you only play in pool. It doesn't matter. Like things get intense later in the tournament, but like, it's just wild to me. Like you play everybody, everybody's trying to play all their guys, trying to figure things out. It's like kind of a big mess. So for a spectator, you just like. But it's not even this big single game spectacle like the NFL is, because like you're maybe playing some ones, some twos, like you have no idea what's going on. Am I alone in that? Like, am I no, the only I one who looks at that and goes, "What the hell's fan. going on?"
2: It, it was it was honestly hard to follow because like yeah, because you're playing everybody. To me, there just was there was this a point in time where there just wasn't meaningful matches being played, right? Like if yeah. you're getting late in the stage and you're scheduled against like Thailand on the women's and side, you just wasn't doing it. Like you're done. Yeah. It, it, it's almost like Major League Baseball because the season's so long and they play so many games. You can kind of tell in July that like some games start being a throwaway. So to see it in a volleyball tournament, the games are a throwaway because you're in this ginormous pool of like 16 teams. It just it hurt the viewership where it's kind of like uh, no interest in half these games, three quarters of these games, no interest. Like yeah, like what are we, what are we doing here? Like in, in beach too, like beach
1: and indoor. What is there for people to get behind? Like sure, are country, but. How many times do we see like in the Olympics, last Olympics are two metal threats, the women, they're there like trying they play each other. Like we gotta watch our country play each other. Like, oh my gosh. Like I mean, I guess what are you gonna do? But like and in the indoor, like you're what oh gosh. I it's frustrating as somebody who knows volleyball, I have no idea what's going on. Even you've told I me and I still have no founded. idea what's going on.
2: I officially found it for Beach and I apologize I should know this as somebody who works in this industry but uh, first and second place teams in each pool advance directly to the round of 16 so everybody's going to play a pre quarter they directly advance as do the two best third place finishers so if you're the two best third place finishers you get that and the remaining four third place finishers play the lucky loser matches to then enter the top 16 so uh, not saying that medals are decided in the 16, but the pre-quarter draw, like we're, we're competitive enough in the world that these matches matter, that I think it's funny that the Olympics have a lucky loser round and your buy is determined on your set ratio, your points ratio. Like, it just seems nonsense They're to Like,
1: me. what are we doing here? In the Olympic Games, we have a point ratio being deciding who you play where. Do you play an extra game or not on point ratio? Are you kidding me? It's the Olympics. You think in the traditional Olympics, like day one, what's the Olympic event? You know, you got the marathon is the big one. You got wrestling is a big one. You think they're going, oh, you know, point ratio, step ratio for a tie. Like, no, who finished? Go head to head, let's get this done. Oh, sorry, I, I, whoa. (laughs) Well, oh, I it's yeah. I, sorry That gets me hype, Josh. Damn. Good well, thing the I'm not overhyped in the theory. commentary because I'd be maybe slipping out a few things I shouldn't.
2: Hopefully we get some comments. Hopefully we get some corrections because I feel like I've made some of this stuff up. But I think the other conversation that always pops up around the Olympics is, is the country quota rule. And I always feel for a lot of these teams where it almost feels like every cycle there's an American and there's a Brazilian team who are like, top 10, top 12 in the world, but they don't get to go to the Olympics because there's two teams from the same country ahead of them. Meanwhile, is the Olympics about the best players or is it about, like, participation from as many countries as possible because there's so many good teams that aren't going to be at the Olympics, but then you let in, like, the 30th place continental winner from this region and they get to go because we want representation versus do we want the best teams or not?
1: Yeah, like, uh, uh, that is is also wild to me and I, I feel for those teams, like, um, you know you think about indoor too like there's a lot of really good indoor teams who didn't qualify because they're in a tough um, tough continent and then you got yeah. other countries who get in pretty much every year like no, not even a question right like I mean US is always very good but it's not like they're ever going to be a question of whether or not they're going to be in the Olympics right whereas you get some countries who are in and out year to year like you think about the European conference like holy that is a competitive conference with a lot of great teams right like so th- that's wild to me and beach as well like ah oh, it just makes you again what are we what are we doing here you got teams who play your sport all year who are stars you put on banners you put everywhere and then you go well actually you just based on this point system a couple people from who happen to be from the same country as you are a little bit better so you don't get to go it's like what like th- it's your job like it's what you do you're the best you're one of the top best in the world Metal threats every year it's just such a such a garbage system that but like i mean it opened the door for canada <laughs> so.
2: that's true that is true we, yeah, we so. benefited from that but there are countries that you like you got to just feel for them at a certain point right where it's like um crab and Bourne are probably the best example on the guy side uh ranked like 14th in the world going to the olympics Oh, excuse me that's an old stat let me pull up the real ones but like there's always a Brazilian team who feels like they're top 10 and they're just not getting it done like I I, I don't know I'm frustrated and it doesn't even personally affect me right but like the, that's just the state of our sport right
1: like, well I think you're frustrated by the whole sessions you're running down at the beach in the morning with these guys like I'd be frustrated too if I had a bunch of nimrods like you got down there <laughs> oh sorry
2: so, sorry, Born and Crab are, are tied for 13th in the world. They're not going to go to the Olympics. Uh, sorry, just let me finish my thought here While before we get to that, because I do want to get your thoughts, and if it has to happen on air, like, I'm willing to take it, but uh, you, you were down at the beach the other day, and it was just funny to uh, observe you because you come over. Like, I, I texted you. I didn't want to interrupt your session, but uh, just as I finished my thought, Sweat and Walsh Jennings were seventh in the world and will not compete in the Olympics because Clay's and Sponsel were sixth, Alex and April were second. But the Olympics to the pinnacle, Garrett. Anyway, so you're you're at the beach. You're working with this this uh, young up-and-coming athlete. So you're there, and I see you at the end of the beach, and you pop over. And all of a sudden, you see your dad, who didn't call you. Like, I'm sure he, he talked to everybody else, but you're like, oh, hey, like, what are you doing here? But he, he didn't take the time to call you, which I thought was just a funny observation. Yeah,
1: like, uh, I don't know. Like, I guess we both just assumed the other wouldn't be there. Like, Uh, we're not we're not in this anymore like uh what and then we both happen to be there i was like oh what the heck but yeah like i I don't know man we talk about this a lot and i haven't actually seen the environment i haven't seen what's going on and i don't have a great sample size so i'm just gonna throw out some nonsense that some of it may stick and some of it may be complete garbage because i haven't i haven't seen there right and not that i'm the be all end all of what you should be doing. But I just was kind of spying. I got spying. pen and paper ready here, Garrett. Well, I got my pen I and paper mean, ready. Hey, let's, let's have just, it. Show them, just show the boys this episode. And I'd be like, hey, here's a lecture from Garrett. And they're like, ah, that guy's washed up. Like, he doesn't matter. Um, but I was spying, like, while I was running my practice, like, what you guys were doing. Because I saw you arrive. I mean, 8 a.m. is your start time, right? I'm there a little bit before. I'm there 7 a.m. Beat you there. No big deal. Yeah, but, um, yeah Bring it up. Yeah. 8, 8 a.m. is the start time. And I'm like... Man, this is like the most laxadaisical net setup, pepper, like warm up, kind of start to the day that i've I've seen in a while. And I was like, I just thought and maybe it was maybe there was actually a lot going on. And I just couldn't see because it was from a distance. but I was like, damn like, and maybe it was cause I was just talking about this with the athlete I was working with. It's like, Hey, when you show up, like you get warm, like you ready to go. Like, this is what you do. You're, you know, you, you come here to compete. That's what you come here to work. So there's no like lazing around. You don't chat during pepper. Like you get to the beach, you go, you do what you need to do. Get the heck out of there. Like, so I just thought that was kind of interesting that um, I'm sure the session went great. Like I, I'm not trying, I didn't see the rest, but I just thought, man, this start was a bit weird. Like, are we not? Do these guys not get fully warm? Like, do they not fully have pepper? Like, when? How early are we doing hitting warm up? Like, I don't know. That's just my my thoughts there, Josh. On a brief a brief uh, brief look there.
2: No, it's true, Garrett, and I, and I battle with this because uh, you know you want to give athletes trust and autonomy, and you want to let them control like how they feel sometimes. But there's other times where you kind of want to just like whip them into shape and say, this is how it's going to get done. Like I I lost my mind. I'll, I'll admit it. It wasn't my best moment. But an athlete 32 minutes into practice, I, I set up a drill and, it, and it's gameplay and it's competitive and he goes, I, I haven't hit yet. And I'm like, what have you been doing for the last 32 minutes? And it's the 32 minutes of practice. It wasn't like you're expected to show up, set up the net. And then like we, we start like warming up. It was like, it was a 10 o'clock practice. It was 10 32 and he wasn't ready to jump and hit. Like that's just unprofessional in my books right so what was funny enough is when you pop over and we're chatting marquise is there john may's there like i think these are these are values these are principles that you talked about like to go back to your passing times episode like you, you really talk about like what are you doing the 20 minutes before practice that you're ready like marquise the, like to bring up your you started at 7 a.m we started at 8 a.m i remember when marquise played the ova grand slam the first question he asked Maverick when he has like, hey, what time do you want to train in the morning? He asked him, what time does the national team start? And Maverick goes eight. He goes, yeah, we'll start at seven. And when I called him out on that, I was like, Mark, why'd you do that? He goes, because Josh, I wanted you to see me when you were getting to the beach and you're casually getting into it. I wanted you to see me in a full sweat and I was ready to go. I was out working you just by showing up a little bit early, getting into it. And it's just so funny that, like, that's gamesmanship for Mark. And I can see you've absorbed that, too, where it's just, like, you almost want that secret workout or you want that feeling that, like, Mark told me in his episode, he's leaving the beach as other guys are rolling in and arriving. And he's just like, I've already got my work done and I'm going to be back this afternoon. So I'm out working you guys. And I think there's there's equity in that in the sense that when it's 18-17 in a match, Marquise can honestly say... I've earned this. I've outworked this guy. I'm worthy of this moment. Let's go. Like, let's get into it versus, yeah, Garrett, you're, you're shining it on. You're making me feel a little bit vulnerable here, but that was, that was a bad moment for us. And I'm, I'm, Embarrassed to say that that's not the unusual thing that I think we ease into practice where now you've fired me up that tomorrow we're going to have a great session just because you're saying like, let's go, let's be ready to go. Let Pepper's not for chatting. Pepper's for preparing for the day so we can perform and we can earn some of this this feeling in these clutch moments, right? Yeah, I mean,
1: absolutely. I mean, awesome of you to, to say that. Not that I'm necessarily correct, but I'm glad Mark was saying stuff like that to confirm what I said. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Like you said a point earlier about how it you want you'd like to leave it up to um, agency and like have each of the guys kind of take their own responsibility for the session. And that's absolutely true. Like that that is true. And it's not as your as a coach, it's not your responsibility necessarily to make sure they bring the culture of the practice. But if it's not happening, Like, who, who, where's it going to come from? Like, who's going to do it? You know what I mean? Like, it's a good question because is it you? Maybe, maybe not. Like, who is it? I mean, I guess my dad shows up there, but he was probably late. Tell me,
2: was he late? See, what I thought about your dad, it was a very, it was an interesting observation because... He's working with the same athletes I do, but to give your dad credit, like there's a mood around his environment, right? So one, it's a little bit different where he's a personal coach. So now he's on his own time. He's got a family and they're personally paying him where I'm employed by Volleyball Canada. And if you're a carded athlete, like you get access to these services, right? So now there's a little bit of equity on there. And it was so funny that. The net's up, guys are warming up. Like, they're a little bit casual, but then your dad gets there, and obviously, like, you can tell they fire up a little bit. But 8 o'clock practice, I think your dad was there by 8.02, and then it started when he arrived. But your dad's not there to watch Pepper. You can tell he doesn't want to show up and be the guy out rolling lines. He wants to be the guy that when we arrive boys, I'm here, like, let's get it going, right? And I don't know if that's a conversation he has with the squads he he's worked with, but I, I can tell you just from being around the beach for a few years now, y- your dad's not going to set up the net, but when he arrives, like, it's go. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that is that is the way he is, and that's kind of the way I think when he played, his coach's expectations were indoor beach, right? Like, and I think that's fair. Like, the coach is going to show up and run a practice. If you're ready to go when practice starts, you just get more out of the practice, right? Like there, there's no there's no way around it. If you've got a two-hour practice and you're ready to go at minute one, you're going to get two hours of work, right? If, if you're just warming up for the first 20, 30 minutes, you only get an hour and a half of work. Marquise doesn't even need to show up at 7 a.m. to outwork you. He just needs to be there 20 minutes early to get ready and he gets another half an hour, 20 minutes out of the practice every single day, right? So I think, but what I will say, I don't think those guys were ready to go when he arrived, right? Like, cause I was looking and I it didn't look like they were sprinting, fully hitting. It looked like they were kind of, you know, whatever. And then he shows up. It's like, oh, we better, we better go. Which I mean, they're fine, but I just thought that was kind of interesting. Cause you're right. When he shows up, he's like, no, no, like I'm here. I'm. It's go time.
2: And I will say, you got to earn this. And there's coaches in our community where I'm like. Your dad, her nan, uh, we've pumped the tires at like Glenn Hog, Benjo. There's certain coaches that they've earned a reputation that like, ooh, so and so's here. Where I thought it was funny and I kind of took it as a knock, but I let it go. That the same athlete who gave me sh- that they didn't hit yet and it was 10:32 at a 10 o'clock practice, your dad's warm up drill they were jumping and attacking and i'm sure he didn't raise his hand and be like coach I'm not, I'm not ready to go here like you didn't tell me that wasn't communicated it was you're you're jumping and hitting and i don't care if your shoulder's sore you got to prepare God. you got to be ready to go <laughs> so i think that's that, that's a little bit of command and maybe some some respect equity i have to earn as a coach but i i think your dad doesn't deal with the same questions i deal with and i, I think it's well earned but i i need to get to that level i feel like well what's wild is he just wouldn't
1: like that's the thing he just wouldn't deal with it. And I like, you know, he is who he is and we all are who we are and we have our strengths. Right. But he just wouldn't deal with that. Like that would just be like, get out, sit off, you're done, go run, suicides, make the drill harder on you, take, give you less reps. Like it would just, it just wouldn't, it's like, no, that's not how you work with me. Like we don't, we don't do that type thing. Right. So like it, it was like that as a kid too. Like you know, like, as a child, like in the home, like you know, screwing up, do it, like making a mistake, misbehaving, whatever. It's like no, no, that's not how like this this goes. Like we don't, you know, we don't do that. Like it's unacceptable. Like you know, you it's punishment. It's it's not punishment. It's you're left out. Whatever it is, it's like no. Like it just can't let that go. Type thing. So not saying you did, but he's just like that with everything. Even this show, man, like he calls me and goes, Hey, how's the show going? <laughs> like, when do you have me back on? It's like, What? What? Like, what? Is this the John May show now? It's like, Oh, God. We got to stop talking about him.
2: <laughs> well, I will say, uh, the, the show is gaining momentum. I know we had to take a little break there. Obviously, you, you deserve some time off. You and Maria got to go like chill and relax a little bit. And, uh, it is nice confirmation garrett where people are now approaching us cuz i feel like when we started like we're working the phones we're calling contacts we're calling friends being like we got this show i promise it's going to be a lot of fun you got to join us where now it's kind of like hey like you ever need a guest like uh, don't be afraid to ask me like i'd love to do that and like we're talking like olympian's garrett have asked us to be on the show i mean that's a great point josh but it's a little bit
1: undercut by the fact we have no guests this episode <laughs> We got nobody here this episode, but man, people are just flying. To people to the are lining
2: up like this. This was just for you and I to like work and, and for me to like not miss you as much. Right. But I, I think moving forward, we're going to have some some big heavy shooters. And if you're listening, I mean, comment below, comment uh, on the Passing Dimes Instagram that like there's a guest you want. Like, let's let's get this going, because uh, we, we had a good thing going, Garrett. And I think it's it's nice to include as many people as we can. And let's be honest, we can't run a weekly show with just you and I going back and forth.
1: Yeah, I mean we could, but I think it would be awfully boring. I think the I think our the chemistry would just start to wane. I mean I I can only chirp you about your practices before you eventually snap. Or you, or you're just too good that I can't chirp you. So I mean, yeah, it's fun and hopefully you guys are enjoying it too. If you're still listening, you're the real hero. Be a friend, tell a friend you know we need the help because we're we're struggling with the show like it's it's tough to get eyeballs you know so if you're out there and you enjoy the show hit us up wherever instagram what's our what's our handle there Josh
2: we're just passing dimes no g in passing we're we're, we're cool when Dallas created it there was no g it's passing no g <laughs> although there is one in my name but it would be so
1: disappointing if somebody's looking for our show and they type in passing dimes and they just can't find it that would be unfortunate but also maybe somebody's looking for passing dimes and they misspell it and then they find our show so maybe it maybe it evens out
2: uh, maybe all our fans are bad spellers and that's how they keep finding us and you know what now that i think about it when i think i do the hashtag of passing dimes i include the G in our names <laughs> and that's just like no no i i, I correct myself it is passing okay. so we're, we're not flip-flopping on the brand garrett it's all about the brand we're very consistent so uh yeah, I had to double check, Mike, because I just had a, a moment there. I was kind of like, wait a second. Because it can't be the G sometimes and sometimes not the G.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. Well, we've diverged, I think, successfully, Josh. Um, this is normally the time where I tell the guest that this is how the show ends. But I think we both already know this is how the show ends. Um, I think I'll end it off this week, Josh. I'll do it with just a thank you to our listeners and viewers. If you're still watching, appreciate it. Uh, subscribe, comment, everything. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Sharp Cuts.